0: You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and
1: Bryant. Who, me? me? <laughs> well, and I'd like to really know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you oh. could just look at her license. My
2: special stripe. That
1: looks <laughs> amazing. Right oh my gosh.
3: Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles.
5: back everybody to another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by brad shaw and bryant kicking off the show this week we had willie martin on the phone willie martin comedian willie martin and he's from texas next on the best of
0: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Cassie's kind of kissing up to you, Will Lee, playing well, a little.
5: God bless Texas. God
0: bless Texas, baby.
6: Why not? <laughs> Why not?
0: <laughs> so, Will Lee. So, you you have a couple of specials. I want to hear all about them.
6: Yeah. So, uh, about uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago. or So, you know, for the first five years of my career, I worked clean, and then the next fifteen, you know, we got further and further away from that. And then, uh, about three and a half years ago. Uh, uh, I was out, you know, I was just, uh, honestly, I was out, uh, mowing the grass and, and praying. And, uh, I was like, you know, God, why, why can't I grab the brass ring? I was a fat, uh, the fifth guy signed the blue collar tour. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I had a CMT special that came out that had all the language in it that you would love to hear. And, uh, and 1.7 million people had seen it, but you know, I just still feel, didn't feel like I was being fulfilled. And I was like, you know, why can't I? Feel that way, and and as you and I are talking, uh, I, the the answer came. You know, I, I put you on a cruise ship for seven years to work anything out on your career, and the only thing that you were willing to change was your name, and you wanted me to work the miracle. Now you've been waiting on me; I've been waiting on you. So I made wholesale changes in the act, and and it's still adult. I mean, it's still adult. I just took out all the adult language in it, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, made it a little bit more accessible. Plus. It's a good date night to come out to see the show, and then we went and we had so much material that we that we had changed and fixed, and, and, you know, on the ship themselves, you know, I do a lot of carnival, uh, not only theaters, but I do, you know, out at sea with carnival, and they have that Punchliner Comedy Club, and, and I had three and a half hours of material, so we went and take wow. two hours of material, one, a regular one uh, called Standing in the Middle, and the other one's called the nutcracker which is a christmas special which 35 minutes of it is based on my vasectomy so that <laughs> <laughs> okay well <laughs> but it's for christmas and uh it was a present uh for my wife you know we've got five kids and uh so she that, that's what she wanted one year and it's turned into a great bit so uh <laughs> <laughs> the nutcracker what do you want for really? Christmas the this year uh,
3: you, to get <laughs> you to get a vasectomy that's what I want this Christmas
4: It's <laughs> is a gift
6: that keeps on giving for a lifetime
3: <laughs>
6: well uh, it really does you know it's, uh, it's funny because now uh, you know there's no inhibitions on my part because now that I can't make a baby Let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, William, i got to tell you something. You just brought a horrible memory back to me by mentioning vasectomies because when I had mine, you know how they cauterize the veins when they're uh, done? i got to go. <laughs> the smell it's of that, that is the bad. worst odor I have
6: ever experienced in my life. Your own, well, Lee, I, did, I didn't your, have the cauterization. He used oh, you did? Uh, the stitches, and at some point, uh, you know, he's like, let me put in two, and at some point I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to look down and see the Nike swoosh. <laughs>
3: Hey, 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 that might be a good branding option. Just do it. You
1: could get an endorsement. Just done
3: it. (laughs) How
0: great would that be? You walk out on stage. Hey, look at my sack. That's great.
6: That's wonderful. That is wonderful. That would
3: be a good Instagram post, anyway.
6: (laughs) (laughs) So, William, do you want to mention? Oh, yeah, I do. want to mention that my wife and I also run a charity called Cowboys of Care Foundation. Oh, that's very Uh, nice. nice. We started uh, about eight years ago with a young lady named Ashley Miller. And when I met Ashley, y'all, she was 12 years old and she had a rare form of cancer and her mom and dad asked me to put my name on a golf tournament to raise some money for her and I was happy to do that and then I got to know Ashley and her mom and her dad and, and her cancer goes into remission then it came back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and she lost her battle with cancer in June of 2011. <sighs> Since then we try to get ourselves involved with pediatric cancer because we have five amazing healthy kids and four amazingly healthy grandsons and we knew we wanted to help and just didn't know how. And then one day, I just Googled kids with cancer images, kind of open it up to the universe, see if I could find an answer. And I had all these big, bright, beautiful faces, beautiful smiles, and bald heads. And in the mirror, yeah. I could see my cowboy hat. And that's when it hit me. Well, these kids need cowboy hats. What seven-year-old wants to wear a wig, or what seven-year-old wouldn't want to wear a cowboy hat? All right. so we formed Cowboys of Care Foundation, a nonprofit organization a 501C3 with the sole mission of providing support smiles and brand new hats to kids with cancer in the last eight years now we've given away a little over nine thousand brand new cowboy hats across the country that's wow. wonderful that's great. congratulations thank that's, you that, for doing yes, that thank you well and i mentioned it because we also have a new program as well called the request a hat program so before we'd have to come to the hospital and make the visit and we'd bring rodeo stars and we still do that that's a big part of our program but now we've developed this thing called a request a hat so God forbid, if, if one of your listeners out there has a child that's going through what we're talking about, you can simply go to org and hit the request a hat button and fill out the little form, and we'll send that child a brand new cowboy hat, free of charge, no shipping, no handling, no nothing. You just got to fill out the form and tell us a little bit about what's going on.
4: That's
0: great.
6: We need more William Martins in the world, I think. Well, I'm trying to get back into heaven, you know. Which, uh, <laughs> what I did in the 90s, I really had I'm really hedging my bet. I'm looking for like a mansion. You know, I'm looking for like an efficiency apartment. Probably have to get a job if I'm there.
3: Come on now. You're in Texas. I thought you were in heaven.
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever been here in the summertime, but mm-hmm. I, I think that describes hell. I,
3: I, li- I lived in Grand Prairie.
6: Did you really? For
3: one year. Yeah,
0: I didn't know that.
3: One year—that was enough. Where's Grand Prairie? <laughs> <laughs> right next to Arlington, right between Dallas and Fort Worth. Oh, okay. So Spent I'm, a lot of fun it, times at the stockyards. It stock absolutely yards. is. It's, yeah. it's
6: right there by Six Flags.
3: Yes. Yep.
6: Six Flags. And now they're intending ten degrees flags all over yeah. the, uh, the uh, entire country. And uh, we were in St. Louis, and we went to Six Flags. Oh yeah. And I saw all yeah. the employees. Why do they call it Six Flags? And nobody had any idea. They don't know why it's called Six Flags,
3: and they were Do you there? all know
6: why it's called they, Six Flags? I thought they were
0: the territories in Texas.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it was the six flags that have flown over the uh, uh, over Texas. So that would be the U.S. That would be uh, uh, Mexico. That would be the Confederacy. That would be I know, and that's still part of the flags that they have out. Uh, that would also be uh, uh, heck. I don't know now. But there's six oh, of them
3: the, the u.s well the texas flag right
6: yeah yeah I, u.s texas uh spain, mexico
3: spain uh, and spain
6: uh, mexico yeah. and iceland republic of texas in Vermont. France. vermont
0: yes and vermont yes yeah, so that was yeah, the other
6: one vermont, vermont. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why they call it that and, and uh so you would think if you worked there you would at least ask somebody somewhere in orientation yes why do we call this place
0: See, I, thought it, I literally thought it was six different territories in the state of Texas. So I was wrong about that. <laughs> see,
6: he, he the more you laughing. ask, the more you know. <laughs>
0: that's see, the more you ask, the more you know. And I feel much better about myself as we speak. I will tell you that. I think it's, William, I'm not kidding you. We've got to get you up here. I think you'd be a big hit up here because we don't hear a lot of that uh, middle
6: ground stuff up here, which no. we're all very, very big fans of. Well, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the family and 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 growing up, and and you know, I tell young comics all the time, we're trying to be funny and just report the funny, because yeah. what happens to us are, are the funniest things. Uh, you know, God has obviously uh, got a sense of humor, and if you don't believe me, I have two words for you: Yao Ming. <laughs> right, he made six billion people under five foot tall, and he made one eight and a half foot tall. <laughs> apparently god's a prop act
0: <laughs> hey, he's all covered Yao Ming, eight and a half feet tall
6: it could pick him out in the crowd though that's nice absolutely you know and uh and, and the things that happen to our, our everyday lives are funny my dad called me three days ago he's he's almost 80 he turns 80 on uh on november the 22nd and he called me he was flying from chicago back down to dallas and uh uh, he went up there for a funeral, and he goes, you know, son, I was just on a miracle flight. And I said, why'd you say that, Pop? He goes, before we got on, they said, anybody who needs extra time, come on. And uh, 35 people in a wheelchair got on first. And then we landed in Dallas and Fort Worth, and every one of them son of a gun walked off of there. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Apparently, not right. Jesus was on flight 1408 today. <laughs> Healing everybody, <laughs> Jesus, he- Jesus, healing everybody,
0: <laughs> healing everybody. Will Lee Martin, ladies and gentlemen, comedian William Lee Martin has two stand-up specials debuting in time for the holidays. William, we'll get you. We got to get you booked up here. You got to come to town, sir. All right. Love to. Yeah, right, well, let's thank- talk about that off the air. We will get that done absolutely. Thank you, sir.
6: You bet. And they can find any of that stuff at WilliamLeeMartin.com. They can download uh, this. Uh, the one special already out. And uh, the other one comes out on December the tenth, so uh, they can download it at Martin dot com. Love it! Thanks, Will. Thanks, Bud. Good day, sir.
0: Bye bye. How do we? Find, how'd you find Will Lee Martin?
2: Um, I got a press release for him. I'm oh, like, you did? Oh, I
3: got to get him booked. He's, oh, he's, <laughs> he was terrific. I watched some of his YouTube stuff. I'm like, oh, Tom <laughs> would love him.
0: I do because um, he's not obnoxious about it. He's just like, hey, you know, Who does he our
3: sound, life. Just like?
0: sound just like? Sounds uh, just like. He
3: sounds like an actor. Ah, oh, it's He's not I was listening, I was trying to play it so sounds like, a little like Matthew McConaughey.
0: A
4: little
3: similar to alright 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 No, the, that's not it. No, nah,
0: I, I know what you're talking about. Can't think of it. He does he you know who sounds a lot like is another comedian, uh he was one of the one of the blue collar comedy guys. He does a commercial now for some in insurance company. You
2: talking about uh, Bill Ingvall? Bill Ingvall oh, That's yeah, exactly Bill, what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah.
1: So, sounds
2: kinda of yeah. like Bill
0: Ingvall in a way. Bill's a good
1: guy. Here's your saying. <laughs> I heard you interviewing Mo Rocca this morning. He's, he he's was funny. good. Mo Rocca was I, great. I know you hate public radio, but there's a show called Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. He's a regular on it, and he's really good.
0: No, oh, no, I like him. Look, I don't like CBS News either, but he's on there, and I like. I, yeah. No, Mo, he's Mo's is a very funny yeah. guy,
1: and he's a smart guy too.
0: Mobituary. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a book called Mobituaries, which he takes, you know, like Herbert Hoover's obituary, mm-hmm. and reports on, you know. All the things he actually went through and did. Because people think that Herbert Hoover was a disaster, but he wasn't. The whole con- economy collapsed after eight months in office. And that, you can't blame that on a guy who's only been there for eight
1: months. So we just <coughs> did. I'm sorry.
0: Well, it's true. We just did. That's very <laughs> true.
1: Obama got a little on him, I think. Damn it. Just a little. Just a
0: little. But it all works out in the end. Um we all, all the uh, the people in this room, the seven people in this room right now survived the first day of the impeachment hearing. So I'm really glad that all that, just that overwhelming evidence oh, on both sides. It's like, what a joke. Have you watched any of this?
3: No. Not even a minute.
0: Honestly, it th- there's nothing there on either side.
3: Is it a nothing burger?
0: It's a nothing burger, <laughs> honey. That's exactly what it is. I just, I don't understand. Why do we have to do this? Why, why,
3: why? Because that's what was promised.
0: And, of course, CNN, it's over for Trump. Fox, it's over for Adam <laughs> Schiff. Thank God. What
3: is well, it? Well, I just think, you know, legally, okay, so Clinton was impeached, but he wasn't convicted.
1: Right. Yeah, That's correct.
3: So, eve so, and that was because
1: he uh, lied to Congress. He's he lied, lied to Congress. To Congress.
3: Yeah. He clearly should have probably been convicted. He should have been convicted since he yeah. was, yeah. you know, yeah. technically mm-hmm. lied Lies- to Congress, molesting <laughs> interns. Yeah, it
0: would have been nice. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's a situation. The, 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 the Republicans I don't know what you brought you have this upon themselves. They should have never tried to impeach Bill Clinton because it was never going to happen. Oh, this
3: is payback for Clinton.
0: Absolutely, it is. And just like this, they're never going to convict Trump. If this is all pissing away taxpayer money on their egos,
1: that's I was all this is. Facebook posting my uh, cousin in Vermont, who's an attorney, and we were talking about the hearings. I Boy, said, all you know, that it's... horrible
0: crime in Vermont that yeah. he has to take care of? It.
1: Well, she does family. Uh, oh, she does uh, family, okay. family stuff. so all right. um, and we were talking back and forth, and I said, you know, it's just attorneys, boring other attorneys in front of cameras. It's really horrible. I said I kind of miss the uh, James McCord and the White House plumbers. At least the Watergate hearings; these guys were pretty funny. They were funny. Well, you it's know, we didn't true.
0: think we were going to get caught. They didn't think we were going to get caught.
3: Oh, Tom, you put it, you put it the right way—that it's professional wrestling for po- politicians. It is. It's yeah. I, I wish wrestling. they would just get That's in the all ring. It is. Just get the ring already.
1: Fun. Almost all of them are attorneys in the House. Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's what it is. Adam well, Schiff de- was Harvard Law, I think. Democrats are all attorneys. Well, a lot much of Republicans know. are, too. Most are presidents have been. Yeah, sure. Are they now?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Adam Schiff, I, I just, here's the two things I wish. I wish Donald Trump would shut up.
3: I'm not Why are you
0: commenting during the hearing?
3: Well, and then get off of Twitter
0: for can't. Christ's sake!
1: And then he said in a press conference that he was too busy with the Turkish president to even
0: watch it. Like, I no, know you're
1: live tweeting. You're live <laughs>
0: tweeting, you liar! And then if Adam Schiff could get his eyes a little more wide open, that'd be really great. I think he needs Jesus, some Ray Bans. Like, <laughs> what maybe
1: is he's with got, Maybe he's got eyes? Graves'
3: disease or whatever. He's got that some is. disease. I can what guarantee that. If <laughs> he is really not doing his own tweets, think about it. Well, he might what not
4: if, be. That's
1: what true. if his
3: wife is
1: running a <laughs> <his laughs>
3: Twitter account? Actually, <laughs> think about I read an article. Think about it. With all of the, I mean, the grammar th- is th- they terrible. Think that, it um,
1: is. There are some White House staff members that do some of that tweeting. It's Absolutely. just a whole of Oh, do they really? Absolutely. They've copied his style. Oh, uh, uh, God, don't do that. That's it's a I big know. mistake. I don't, why do they have to do it? It's Obama's fault. You know, he ran the first modern campaign in 08, and he was the first guy to use Twitter and social media, and then Donald Trump shows up and he goes, all right, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watch this. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast.
5: The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart texture. He's pounding down,
6: loading up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? A long way to go. And it was,
5: sure, was you know, Willie and Martin on The Best Of. Coming up next, SNL alum Chris Kattan was in studio. He's performing at the New Hope Cinema Grill this weekend. Chris Kattan, next on The Best Of. He'll
6: bring it back no matter what it takes. He's found
0: Chris Catan with his ladies and gentlemen, New Hope Cinema Grill. What we we're talking about, Bobby Slayton, and he was at the New Hope Cinema Grill when that woman got upset on the first date. It was wonderful to watch. Was it wonderful to watch? It really was, Bobby. <laughs> what,
7: what was it? Uh, well, you can't say what upset. her. Well, or, he was I going guess.
0: after women, and you know, you know how Bobby always does. Sure, it he does his deal, and she was very offended because I he wasn't so. sensitive or something.
7: Right, <laughs> but just that one woman was.
0: Uh, actually, she, yeah, she's the only upset. But the guy in front of me, right. Like, I don't know why he did this, mm-hmm. but as Bobby went along, and I've known Bobby for thirty years, he's a good friend. Just, I love going to see him.
6: Yeah.
0: But the guy in front of me, like um, Bobby would tell a joke, and then right after he's done the, the, with the joke, the guy in front of me would go, Two guys walk into a bar and one of them, he would repeat the joke. <laughs> oh, no, he did? Like, oh God. Oh, no. Every <laughs> joke he would repeat it. Like, well, <laughs> don't do that.
7: Please right. don't repeat the joke. That's there. not, that's antagonizing.
0: It is antagonizing. It's a great room you're playing. Well, you've been there before. It is, yes. I, I it, do love it. It is yeah. a great
7: room. The, the name of the place always confused me, though Cinema <laughs> Grill. Cinema Bar and Grill. Cinema Hope. What New is hope
0: it? Cinema. New <laughs> Hope Cinema <laughs> Grill. Yeah. The Bar with Hope. That's what The I Bar with I, Hope. <laughs> the Bar well, you know,
7: with Hope. Because it's a movie, hope. it's a theater, and a place yeah. to do stand up. Yeah, and it's, a right. and it's a restaurant, and it's a restaurant. You got everything. A yeah. lot of things, a lot of activities to do. Yep. Ron Jeremy films playing. Ron Jeremy Bobby.
0: You're telling jokes.
7: He's got his I'm dick hanging jokes. out. You know. Yeah, and I and I tend to repeat my jokes as well. So always, always, Just in okay, case. So here's the punchline again. <laughs> yeah. In case for those women who didn't listen because you were covering your ears for whatever reason. <laughs> you don't get a lot of that, I would imagine. No, in I don't. Crowd, do women, I, I think, think. Interestingly enough, and I and I guess I'm happy about that that. Women seem to uh, come more to my shows than males. I think I'm more. because
0: you're such a handsome devil.
7: That's clearly a reason. Clearly, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But no, I think uh, they do. I maybe because I'm not a macho You know, I'm not like a. Uh, I have football jokes and yeah, things no, like no, that. No, I understand that that. that. that doesn't make sense, but
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it does saying, to me. I know exactly what you know,
7: you're talking about. So, uh, so women tend to bring their male friends or m- boyfriends. I think boyfriends. So I don't yeah, think, I think see women, that. women don't get offended. By my humor, no, and I, mean, I do have sexual jokes too. You, you don't? Do you do any of the characters you used to do? I do. Like, yes, I mean like, I don't dress good. up. I'm not going to dress up as Mango. And, no, I can you see. Know, like, Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'll do the voice, but I'm not going to put on the shorts.
0: I, I don't want to. I don't want you to do the joke, and you're not going to put the shorts. On. No, not the Mango shorts. I, I wouldn't. That would be that. offensive to the men. To, to the men. Yeah, in the audience. I I could see that. Yes, absolutely. But I just. Those characters I told you this morning on the KQ Morning Show, I just love those characters. Every one of your characters, well, as I said, this is a true yes. story. You tell you tell jokes well, but you also have this physical element that's not overdone.
4: Mm-hmm. A lot
0: of guys, when they get, or women, when they try to get physical in their act, they, they way overdo it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes away, but yours is kind of like, that's how that guy would really move.
7: Yeah, I, I um well, like I told you earlier this morning that I was uh, in uh, trained at the Groundlings, the improv uh, yeah. comedy troupe, and they they're really good about uh, you know teaching you how to observe and, and and really observe humanity and human characteristics and idiosyncrasies and all those things. So I I think a lot of my characters, um, like most of the. More popular characters, I think, uh, on SNL were were human-based, you know, even though mine do tend to be a little uh, out there, you know. I mean, Mr. Peepers, even though it's a crazy monkey character or whatever, (laughs) there is some humanity to it. Right. I mean, there is some, you know, but uh, in Mango, you know, too, and even the Roxbury guys... You know, there's some tragedy there for sure. You know, they can't get a dance. Nobody wants to dance with them. Nobody wants to dance with <laughs> so them. Yeah.
0: You just taught me something about myself that I didn't even realize until you said this. Because the only... And and I felt really weird about it, and I kind of felt bad about it. Yeah. But I would go to people, like, in the very early days, yeah. Saturday Night Live, and go, why do you think that B thing is funny? Why do you think the Coneheads oh, are funny? Right, right. Because that, to me, is not funny in the least. Right. I just like the... Like, Mango is a real guy somewhere.
7: Yes, it is a frustrated stripper. Right, exactly. That's
0: why I think it's so wonderful.
7: Yeah. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I I, I do like to... um, It's easier for me to play... You know, and just—I um, mean, I was did theater as a child, and I wanted to be an actor before a comedian. You know, and I, I watched uh, great movies. You know, a lot of Scorsese and Coppola, and Brand- I was brought up watching Brando, and you know that oh, yeah. kind of stuff. So not a bad I actor. really not a bad actor at all. But you know, and I, I really, um, I really got into—I uh, just know, you know, humanity and, and and things that you could relate to. Watching an actor are the things that people like the most, you know, and I think, um, you know, like Molly or Will or, you know, there's some, uh, you know, great performers on the show or, you know, had um, performed. You know, humanity behind their characters, and that's what makes them watchable. You know, Maya Rudolph, another them. one. A lot of people, you know. <clears throat> yep,
0: I absolutely love people. that. Because they're people, and they're kind of like, you know there's somebody like them really yeah. out there somewhere. Right. And that's why it's so damn funny Yeah, to me, they
7: need to be grounded. Know? I think characters need to be grounded. I think that's what makes but them stronger. Yep, I agree. Stronger.
0: And I think... I, nobody would be offended by any of your mango or any of that. I couldn't think. I don't think so.
7: I, there was a character I did that might be a little offensive. Now was my interpretation of Antonio Banderas. The how do you say <laughs> no, see, is show? It's funny. It was funny. yes. it was but, really. But what he was sexist on the show. He, yeah. he isn't sexist as a person. Right. But on right. the show, he would have a guest and he'd like talk about their breasts, basically. <laughs> Yeah,
0: Jennifer Love well, going To you, uh, but yeah, well, you know, no, been, you can't talk. You've about been really tightened up your.
7: You know. I, I, my pecs are different. <laughs> pecs naturally are different. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But like for, I guess I could say it on air. Well, it was on Is television. On? But yeah. for Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt was on, and she was, you know, and and sure, she has breasts. And uh, I, while she was speaking, <laughs> while she was speaking. Although in the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary, they did show the clip. So five years ago, it was okay. Yeah, um, but I did say, uh, wait a minute here. Wait, your breasts. What are their names? <laughs> and, and then she, and then, yeah. I said, okay. what are their names? And she goes, what are you talking about? So I go, shh. They're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> don't, wake them. don't wake them they are like two f- friendly boobly things <laughs> I mean whatever but that might be offensive now
0: but I don't think so because it, I like my brother-in-law. Don't think so. My brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, was his name. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, uh, Pat O'Brien. Mm. But he was Puerto Rican. Mm. So you figure that out, Pat O'Brien? That's offensive. Who, <laughs> <a guy named laughs> Puerto Rican, yeah. whose no. name is Pat O'Brien? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> Irish. <laughs> I'm
7: Irish Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. That's racist. Exactly. Clearly. Yeah, it's probably is. Yeah.
0: But I I got to tell you honestly, God, <laughs> being around right. some of his friends and relatives, that's kind of. The generation before us—that's mm-hmm. kind of how they talk.
7: Yeah, yeah, they just did. Right. It is. Okay. Uh, it is a very. Uh, it's not a difficult time. We just have to be careful. Um, for me, though, I've never really leaned towards politics and uh, yeah, yeah, offensive you, right. humor. Right. I, I just lean toward character. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and and what what I can apply myself to in my my defaults, you know, and what I'm insecure about and then put that and apply that to my character. But that's so why it's, it's safe so safe sound.
0: Because you well, know what you. it that's, feels like. Yeah. That's why it's so funny because you act that's how you actually feel. Right. You bring that out, it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. phony at all. It's right. there.
7: And and I think that's why um a lot of my characters it may have been the same joke, but it was enjoyable to watch because it is it, it is mm-hmm. it's human, you know, there it my feelings are involved in my performance
0: that's how so. it should be look my mother was funny as hell but she didn't know it right she didn't mean to be funny sure she just was, was yeah like some of the stuff she
7: would say like <laughs> you really meant that yeah my yeah. mom is the same way <laughs> she, she had a dark sense <laughs> yeah. of humor she would say things that get a rise out of people you know Ooh, i like that yeah no she was, she she tough? was very funny she, tough as a mother yeah um no i mean she Threw a frying pan at me once because I was late <laughs> coming home. No, she was five. <laughs> yeah. she was five. She was she's five only she was only five stuff. foot tall though. Too, oh really? So, yeah, because I'm well, I'm five seven, but you know yeah. she's she's a short woman. And um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think she was very loving. Um, but she she I, I guess she could be tough, you know. She she wanted to teach me about common sense, and for those as a child. You know, when you're a child and you don't know about common sense and you need to be taught that, that could be tough. You know, this, but I know about
0: it now. <laughs> this would be funny to, a, uh, to somebody observing it. Sure. When I was 16 years old, I decided I didn't want to get up and go to school. Right. right. So my mother's off. She's a waitress, a diner waitress her whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. So she goes, Tommy, you got to get up and go to school. I said, I'm not going to school. Right. About two minutes later, here she comes and she's crying. Mm-hmm. And she has a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, but you're gonna have oh, to move that's out. So All <laughs> oh, right, exactly. How phenomenal is that? That's great. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm really, really heartbroken. But you got to move out, right? You're not gonna listen to me. Get the hell out,
7: right? Well, <laughs> so you laugh about it now. You probably did it at the time. Oh, no,
0: right? I said, you, you know, at the time?
7: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You Once I figured it. it out, you probably. <laughs> Thought it was she was being serious. The oh time, yeah,
0: right? but yeah. then I realized maybe
7: she was. Actually. Yeah, maybe. you <laughs> probably
0: was serious. Come <laughs> to think of it, you might have right. been being serious, and I just misinterpreted it. Yeah, I don't know. I, but I love. Do you think you have to grow up around someone like your mother or my mother in order to kind of understand what it is all about? Anyway. Uh, you know, yeah. Humor, what do you mean? Oh yes.
7: Uh, yeah. I think so. I think. Yeah. Well, I was fortunate. I had a dad that was in showbiz, a character actor. My mom was a model who did not like showbiz. And um, and uh, my stepdad, who was, I told you before, was a Zen monk. So mm-hmm. I had a great, wonderful variety of uh, things to be uh, for me to follow and be uh, inspired by and also to be uh, pushed away, things that I didn't want to listen to. Yeah, you know, so it was a good, you know, uh, a good uh, it was a good pattern, a good way to grow up. you know, My, my dad inspired me very much. He didn't father me very well, so I didn't like my mother because she had to be the policewoman. Yeah, and then later as I grew up, you know, um, I found out my father was, you know, more. My 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 mother was actually funnier than my father, even though they were in separate <coughs> businesses. You know, right. and um, you know, so I I, I uh, whatever. Yes, it did. It shaped me for from who for who I am for sure. So did your mother
0: tell am. your father to shut up a lot?
7: Uh, I think, to well, she divorced him when he. I was, you know, in the one, two-year marriage. So I guess that's a way of saying shut up.
0: <laughs> the only reason I ask you that question yeah. is because you go, well, from you, I'm going to yeah. a Zen monk. Right. She, she left <laughs> my dad talk. for a Zen monk. See, so. there you go. Yeah, exactly. You need to shut up or I'm going to <laughs> yeah. a guy that never talks.
7: Because I'm going to call the guy was always shutting up.
0: <laughs> you know, that's great humor right, right there. Yeah, that's wonderful. is. You're right. It's great yeah, stuff. It is, it is humor. I have to,
7: <laughs>
4: that is the to, kind of
0: humor I have to I have write. Marry actually. a guy who shuts up. That's phenomenal.
4: We're
0: going to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes more with Chris Kattan. He's at New Hope Center Grill tonight and tomorrow night two shows. Best of the Tom Bernard podcast.
5: Rockstar. Rock. What is that? Chris Kattan on the best of the Tom Bernard podcast coming up next closing out the show we're opening up the uh, all the way back to episode 133 with Paul Mercurio kind of turning the tables and interviewing Tom next on the best of what is
8: Royalty of Minnesota, oh. the Bernard family, oh, royalty.
3: right?
8: Tom Bernard, famous radio personality. Yeah, okay, put it next to the Thinking coffee of, cup so and, we can get the uh,
3: scale of his picture
2: of your uh, mushroom-like. Uh, <laughs> there you go, open wide. And, oh my god!
8: And, and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing that. That's in front of Negro smirk. <laughs> yes, it is. That's exactly I'm what sorry. it is. <laughs> and I'm sitting, Tony Lee next to me he looks completely disgusted and is throwing up in his mouth right now. And there, uh, and we are at uh, Tom Bernard's podcast studio here in uh minneapolis uh minnesota exactly and uh on a at a table that has an assortment of things my phallic microphone (laughs) uh gluten-free pretzels pumpkin tortilla chips which is i don't even want to discuss and then hand cream so i don't know what they're
2: doing (laughs) here but apparently there's some hand cream
3: cuticles and then you've got
2: renews it That's an anal renews. No, that's because we a
3: lot of times have the little dog in here, and she does fart up a storm.
2: (laughs) The dog. We wave
3: it around by her whenever she... (laughs) And
8: And that that voice is the lovely Catherine Bernard, uh, who is married to Tom, and much like my wife, deserves some kind of medal for that. (laughs) Long-suffering. Correct. Uh, Long-suffering. Sean Bernard is uh, the GM of the station. Uh, Tony Lee and Andy Bernard is working the board. Not the one that works on the office. He's our
3: techie No. He's our no. techie
8: and a mass murderer, but the nicest guy you'll ever meet, but he will kill you and eat your organs, <laughs> not all of them not all of them <laughs> Just a tasty oh,
4: he's picky. Bit.
8: <laughs> and everybody's been very kind to take time out of their busy day handling Tom Bernard to uh hang out with us it and is Tom, true. and tom's a a lovely man. well, thank you very much. He has <laughs> cancer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's it again. He's got, got, it got a spot. spot. on my arm.
3: Probably a felt yeah. tip marker. The next day I him. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know Rain Wilson.
0: Yes. Right. So he was on the KQ Morning Show mm. last uh, last week, and he's just a hell of a nice. guy. He's a great guy. Just a re- very nice guy. And we got into discussing, you know, wives, and I talked about Catherine, and and I said, you know, I I just don't see what what's in it for her, mm. right? we talk about, I, I'm happily married, I love my wife, but I don't see what's in it for her. And there was this pause, and then Rain Wilson said, well, you sound handsome. <laughs> 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 it was fabulous.
8: You do. You it have a, a great... Event. You were one of the top three, Sean and I were talking earlier, really, one of the yeah. top three voiceover guys in the country yes. for a number of years. For like 25 years. And now. you were doing that in New York. In New York. In the 70s. 70s, 80s, 90s. You yeah. met Catherine in New York. No. No, actually. But wasn't she pregnant in New York and then you moved out of Manhattan? Because you had gotten several women pregnant at the same time? Yeah, that's exactly Several black women and Catherine.
0: I I I actually have a story about that. Early in my radio career, (laughs) uh I uh, was working at WAPE in Jacksonville. Yes. And they hired me because they thought I sounded black. (laughs) You do? Because that... At night, the signal is an AM station, and during the day, it would go everywhere, but at night, it went right through the ghetto out into the ocean. So they said, well, we're not hiring a black guy. So this is like 1977. Oh. This is a true story. It's like, well, I don't know any Negroes hanging around here, but uh, so we, let's hire this white guy from Minnesota because he sounds black anyway, because it's the, the tone of my voice or the yes. or whatever, right? So my first night on the air... Oh God! Two things happen. So my first night on the air down there, uh, Grease Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of Grease. Yes, man. he was the morning guy.
8: Yes, and he and de- 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 used to do like that. <laughs> de- yeah, de- yeah. De- yeah. De- that, that I think it was in D.C. when yeah. I, was, I was I was in D.C. in law yep. school. Yep. yep, absolutely. The Grease the Popeye Man thing. He would do kind of me. like a pop. <laughs> okay. He would do this weird, like it was almost quagmire on Family Guy. Oh yeah, the Grease Man. Like it was this weird high pitched thing.
0: So three things happened my first night on WAPE. Um. Greaseman knew the the sheriff of Orange County really, really well. They were really good friends.
2: Wait, you didn't say W-A-P-E, did you? Yeah, Wa- Wape? It was the ape? <laughs> the ape. <laughs> the ape. Yeah. yeah, I know this kind of wape. It's a really
8: a, bad name for a ghetto <laughs> radio station. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, we can just call it <laughs> W. Spear Chucker and getting it over
3: with. <laughs> See, I think it and he says it. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, there you
8: go. Uh, so, I don't think any black people like me
0: so they don't listen to my stuff. So here's the deal. So we got, we, we're going to we're have everybody fooled now and blah, blah, blah. So... I'm on the air, and the phones start ringing off the hook. And I answer the first phone, and this woman goes, Catman. My, my name was Catman.
8: Yeah, I, I wanted there. to ask you why you were called Catman.
0: I think because other people thought I sounded like Wolfman Jack. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, Jim Chanel was the program director at KSTP at the time, and he gave me that name.
8: This is here in? Um, yeah, this is Minneapolis. Where, so you, you, start, you, where a, you started your radio career. Yes. Right. They want another animal. Want another, another animal. animal. With well, a man. Wants, oh, yeah, animal then, man. Everybody. Tom the yeah. eel. Tom had a tendency to clean himself in public. <laughs> yeah, so yes, exactly. Him. He would lick eat man. and then lick,
2: and lick his. <laughs>
8: <cover himself.
0: laughs> and lemur
2: man was already taken. Leber man.
0: Shark man was taken. There
2: already was we'll a shark a man. Car? Scale lemur man. Really there we know ape man was taken because that was the mascot for W8. Exactly. <laughs> for a wave. If you like bananas
8: in one minute, you're going to love our radio show.
0: Oh, so this, I, I get this call from this one she goes cat man i said yes first of all let me tell you something i know you ain't black what are you talking about she goes i'm not a fool
3: your cover was blown
0: i I said okay well so what if i'm not she goes you have any pictures and i said no i ain't got any she goes cat man you a public speaking man it's not i ain't got any it's i doesn't have any (laughs) true story Oh my that's my a true story it it turns out that a... was
2: Aretha Franklin <laughs> yeah it was absolutely so then
0: there's this pause and she goes so Catman you ever laid down with a black woman
2: <gasps> this is what
0: she Ooh, asked me said, well
3: I'm sweating at this point <laughs> the station
0: is out in the middle of nowhere by the way I mean it's out in the middle of the swamps in yeah. northern Florida I'm like oh god I said I'll tell you what I'll do. give me a call tomorrow night and we'll continue our conversation <laughs> this part next part I will have to do word for word otherwise it doesn't have the impact It just doesn't. Now, I'm from Minnesota. I don't know anybody in the city of Jacksonville, Florida. No one. So the sheriff calls, and he says, uh, So, Cat, man, uh, I wonder if you could go on there and tell everybody. We found this very expensive racing bicycle. uh, And if somebody could call and claim it, then, you know, that'd be great. This thing's worth several hundred dollars. And I said, Okay, well, i tell you what. Why don't we just do this? Why don't we just put you right on the air, and you can describe the, you know, the important parts, and then people will be able to claim the thing. Right? <laughs> so I said, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you know, Greaseman's a uh, great friend, you know, Buford Pusser, whatever the guy's name <laughs> is. Pusser. You know, so, Pusser. <laughs> Buford Pusser, the uh, whatever. So I said, So, Sheriff, I understand you found a racing bicycle. Well, that's exactly right, Cat. Man, we found this racing bicycle. It's one of them Fuji light white frame bicycles. It costs a lot of money, very valuable. And if you can call the sheriff's office and and describe the bicycle, therefore, best thing, of course, would be to have the serial number on file at your house. So we definitely know it was yours. Uh, So if you can call and claim it at the sheriff's office, we'd like to get your bicycle back to you. And I said, "Well, it might help." Uh, where did you find the bicycle? He goes, "Rotten heart of nigger town."
3: <laughs> oh, uh, oh. Like, uh, 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 oh my God! I'm like,
0: because now again, this signal's going right through yeah. the ghetto out into the ocean. Right, right. I'm in the middle of nowhere, right. yeah. out in the swamps. Hmm. Right. So I go, "Oh well, boy, look at the time. <laughs> We'd love to stay in Schmoo's. <laughs> fabulous." Terrible. So I hang up. The phone starts ringing like a son of a bitch. I mean, it's off the table about two feet because wow. I'm getting so many calls. Yeah. Not one complaint about Niggertown, <laughs> but it was everybody's bison. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
4: That is awesome. I, Welcome to the dead. South.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I mean, you know, I, I had never been in the Deep South <laughs> because Jacksonville is not Florida. It's the Deep South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, it's just the Deep South. It's deliverance. That's it. Yeah. But I just. So I'm. Uh, uh, Next day, I'm on my way into work, because I work like 7 at midnight. Yeah, I'm on my way into work, and there's this guy in a Jiffy Mart, and he's about 4.50. He's wearing the bib overalls, <laughs> the whole deal. Right. And he's got five candy bars in each hand. Right. And so he's got 10 total candy bars, and he walks up to the counter, and the guy behind the counter looks at him and he goes, well, I'm going to have a nice little dinner tonight. And he goes, well, them's for after supper. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> like... <laughs>
4: So, it's a true story. Right?
0: So now to wrap this whole thing up. It's dessert. It's dessert. To wrap this whole D-shirt. thing up, I get off at midnight. I don't know anybody. So I figure, well, I'll just go to the Waffle House, and I'll have a late dinner. And, and you know, just think about this move that I've made here to Jacksonville, Florida. You've been
8: there how long at that point?
0: Two days now.
8: <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh.
0: So I go to the Waffle House, and there are these two women sitting in a booth. And they both have curlers in their hair. Of course. Right? they got their big hair, head full of curlers.
8: It was curler night at the waffle <laughs> house. <laughs> at the waffle house. You get, you get free waffles if you bring your, wear your curlers.
0: So, so I'm sitting there, and I'm eating my little waffle and going, I hope I meet someone you know to talk to and not be by myself all the time. Uh, and this other big woman with curlers in her hair comes walking in, and she looks down at one of the other two curlered women and said, I heard you called my daughter a bitch.
4: <laughs>
0: Boom! Punches her right in the right fucking in mouth. mouth. <laughs> I mean, just blasts her right in the mouth with, a, with a, a right hand. And I just dropped my fork and I said, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Is
3: this before or after you got fleas?
0: We had, flea, yeah, oh, had fleas. My apartment had fleas too.
3: You had fleas in
8: Florida. Yeah, had,
0: had fleas. Yeah. Oh they God. gave me this beautiful apartment. Gave me yeah. a brand new. Back then, this was a big deal. Gave me a brand new Monte Carlo. Oh
8: Colorado. wow! Oh, real, look mean, at you. That's nice. perfect down there. Oh, absolutely. A lot of Cubans <laughs> jump in the car with
0: you. Only problem, I said the station. Uh, the station has uh, got fleas. You know, and I didn't. I'd never been around fleas before. But, like, right around the top of my sock line, I'm getting this red ring around both my legs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, what
4: the hell is that? Chomp, chomp.
0: And the next door, i oh, you got fleas, I think. it look like fleas
8: to me. i like, oh, fucking wonderful. <laughs> so it's just like
0: being in a whole different
8: world. Why did you go down there? Like, you were doing radio here. Give people some background. Fire. You were doing radio yeah. here. I was doing radio up here. I love how your wife just cuts over here. that. Was fired. Was a loser. It's a failure. Oh, that's exactly. right. Was either that or live under a bridge, it's homeless. She's right. I got fired. Here.
0: here it, well, what happened was you go to college. You get out of college. I never went to college. Never yeah. even finished high school. Oh, that's right. You tell me that. Um,
8: that's why I said ain't. So
0: I, I, I kept getting fired from all my radio jobs.
8: So how did you? Why did you decide to go into radio? Because uh,
0: it was on the uh, Hennepin County, Hennepin County is where Minneapolis is located. Mm-hmm. They had a thing at the time called the Win Program, the Work Incentive Program, where they would take at-risk youth. Even though I was not a juvenile delinquent, I was at risk because I was I had dropped out of high school and lived in the ghetto. Uh, so they thought I was at risk. <clears throat> so they said, "Well, send you to school, we'll put you through school. What do you want to study?" And I said, "Well, do you have like a book of jobs?" <laughs> 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 right? And I, so they gave me this book that had job titles in it. And I got to the bees and broadcasting. said. Those fucking guys only work like three hours a day. That's what I want to do. I want to do a broadcast. That right?
8: and you got tired of reading. You said, I'm done with the bees. I'm done with the yeah, bees. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the beans, I got, reading. I want, to, I want to go bet.
0: <laughs> but luckily, you know, where I grew up, you had to bullshit your way out of a lot of things. I mean, Sean will be able to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't make people
8: laugh, they would kill you. That's yeah. exactly the way it was growing up in That's my fat. Italian neighborhood. Like, right. there were really tough guys. <clears throat> and I, my wife, we, we, I married a wasp from the right side of the tracks. Her father's a doctor, her mother's a doctor, her grandparents were doctors. Really? World War One and World War II. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she, when I told her for the first time f- that we would get in fights – fist fights mm-hmm. on a regular basis it's just like your wife is looking at me now oh, I know yeah, like what? weird but then yeah. you're also turned on yeah. a little bit like yes. oh, yeah stare at oh, it yeah. stare at the pallet
2: microphone oh I can't even look at uh, it your husband's got cancer he's going to be dead in 10 minutes exactly. anyway um, he'll be your new best friend yeah, exactly there there it'll be fine <laughs> it's not a funeral be. <laughs> move over Tom I got some
8: business uh, well. wow this has gotten dark good thing it's my podcast right, by the way Pumpkin tortillas are a sponsor of our mother <laughs> Yes, thank you very much. My wife was shocked. Yeah. That I mean, they were regular. I remember, and this is you mentioned the guys calling in and like not saying anything about the n-word being said, and they were commenting on the bike. This right. is like similar, not similar, but related in some way. I got in a fistfight with Eddie Sinadowski, who went to reform school like four times. He's a public. right? Right. They made me. They basically made me. They wanted to steal cookies from the local convenience store. So I went in, and I was the misdirect. I went in, and I would ask questions, and then they I would steal that. the cookies, and then we'd go eat the cookies. Mm-hmm. It's true. Nice. And, and and I didn't think anything it. I was like, yeah, you steal the cookies. And we were racist, too. Like, there was a guy who had, like, a little penny candy store, and he would never, like, give you a break on anything. And his name was John's Candy Store. We called him John the Jew. We oh. would say that <laughs> the whole time. It was completely racist. Or we'd say, like, well, you, what are you, trying to Jew me down on that? Like, sure. we would say things like that. And no, because it was so... Cloistered, it was Italian, all Italians, and anybody that wasn't Italian, like foreign. Like, I didn't meet a Jewish person until I was 13 years old. I didn't know they existed, and when I met them... Didn't care for them. I found that they were <laughs> controlling. Now, <them>. so Tony, Paul, <laughs> how are Why, you? You,
1: Why are you wheeling
8: your chair Why away? Now? You, you know what it is. Actually, oh, I it. never looked at your nose, but you're right. Yes, yeah, that, that, that is a that would big have been the, the tip off. Well, Lee,
9: Speaking of tip, you, <laughs> so. you
8: you anglicized your name.
9: <laughs> no, actually, that's that's my real name. He's Korean, really? but. <laughs> <laughs> Papa changed it before form. he was married. If he didn't, I would have been the big Lebowski.
8: Oh, is that right? The mm-hmm. Lebowski? Lebowski? Yeah.
9: I didn't know it was Lebowski. Harold Lebowski. And by
0: the way, he's married to a Sicilian woman. Oh, are <laughs> you really? Yeah. <laughs> How does
8: that work? Well, Jews and Italians are a lot alike. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Food, family. Basically, family. You just mm-hmm. have all the fucking money, but that's like... <laughs> Now tell people what your relationship with Tom is, and the family, and you work with Tom. Tell
9: yeah, well, we met uh, back. I used to work at KQ mm-hmm. and uh, as a writer, producer, and uh, we just we just kind of hit it off. They'd have parties at the station, and we had similar senses of humor, and grew up in ethnic neighborhoods. Right. And you grew uh, up in the
8: area, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. St. Paul.
9: Yeah, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, you know, I filled in a couple times for people who were on the show who weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was just it's a good chemistry. And I'd, about a year later, they asked me to hang out and join That's the great.
8: show. Yeah. And so you've been with Tom for how many God,
9: years? God, I was there for 10 years. Wow. And then we got back together on this thing. <clears throat> yeah. Where'd you go Tell me about six. Oh, God. Israel? Yes, I yeah, did. I went, I to, I went to, to Tel Aviv on a, on a marvelous journey, <laughs> <You> <laughs> opened a little drugstore.
8: <laughs> you got a scarf in the way it's wrapped. You definitely, uh, you look Middle Eastern, angry about Palestinians. I've heard that.
9: Terrorist has been dropped in my presence. Really? <laughs> so, has <yes>. it really? <laughs> yes. You and Ari Shafir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that scary look, but I'm really a... a Not a scary Lightweight, as Andy. no. Andy's got that intense <laughs> sinister
8: so now you're so so when you're working oh, oh so the thing about I was saying real quickly I want to get back to you was like so I get in a fight with any Sidonowski and we're fighting all over the neighborhood for like two hours and it's really cold out it's like February so we took our jackets off and all the other kids are following us around and we're fist fighting and we're punching each other and rolling and punching and punching and my, this is how common it was my mother rolls up in her Pontiac Bonneville rolls the, pass, the window down and she goes <laughs> what are you doing Eddie Polly? what are you doing I'm like what well, you go, Put your jackets on you're going to catch in the whole she drives away yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could fight yeah it was just on. like wow. you know and that's what people did and so so you're in that place where you're trying to find you got to do something or you're going to get yourself in
0: yeah trouble. so i mean basically what happened was is uh i was working at this place WDGY Y11 like it was an AM station they were trying to make it sound like an FM station mm. and it was kind of like an album rock station and uh the general manager decided – now, he, he had <laughs> – about uh, two years earlier, same general manager, right? And he's still my friend, by the way, mm-hmm. after all this, A guy named Dale Weber, great guy. So in 1975, I go out to the station, and I'm sitting there talking to the general manager and the program director. And I said, okay, well, I'll talk to you guys later. I said, okay. So I drove home to North Minneapolis. This is, I come through the front door. The phone's ringing. And I answered the phone, and I said – Hello, he goes. Hey, Tom. It's Dale. Dale and Johnny here at WDGY. I said, Hey, what's up? You're fired. <laughs> they awesome. wouldn't fire me in person. Really? Because they were afraid, <laughs> afraid to fire me in person, right? You'd go right. Sh- they I'd crazy. Go berserk on them. Yeah. Well, the, the sales, the head of sales the day I was hired there, comes up to me and goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "Just hanging around." He goes, "Well, you're not allowed in here." I said, "What are you talking about?" I was sitting in the lobby of the radio station. That was Mark calling But didn't you show up oh in God. that
8: in that interview with, like, you were, like, in cut-off jeans? He thought that I was the Toro Tommy, guy. Tommy. They called you Tommy. Yeah. And that you were, like, a kid, and they thought it was some kid that came in off the... They thought
0: I was the Toro guy there to cut the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he's like, well, you're not supposed to be in here. You're the lawn boy.
3: Always the fashion plate.
0: <laughs> right. But, yeah, these guys became my friends. so. So two years later... Uh, they call me from WDGY I said, "Yeah, we well, need a guy to get a fill-in to read the news." They want me to read news in the morning, hmm. so I said, "Yeah, I can do that." And then they decided that format wasn't going to work, and they were going to uh, turn it into a country and western station. Um, I don't see. I don't see no. you. Nah, nobody yeah, can you gotta, see that. I know. He's Keith Urban? <laughs> uh, Keith, I think his name is Keith Urban. <laughs> uh, Alan Jackson. Um, so anyway, they said, "Well, we're going to." probably not keep a whole lot of the people on the on the station because we're album rock people whatever i said well you know i'd actually like to audition for the morning show and everybody said you could never do morning drive and at this point
8: you're reading the news Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's all and how are you supporting yourself
0: i wasn't making a whole lot of money i was making like Twelve grand a year, something. Look like at me, that.
3: that's a lot of money. Look at his me, his neighbor. Uh, I want to
8: ask you a question. Uh, Were you a male hooker? At the time? No, 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 absolutely not. I tried. <laughs> ah, didn't okay. get a lot of customers. It was tough. It was tough. But he was with I could get it up, and yeah. then it was took a while to get it up a second time.
0: <laughs> so yeah, well, all of a sudden it was like, okay, they. I, so I didn't really get fired. They just kind of closed the station and became country and western. Yeah, and, you
8: got fired.
0: But the, one of the great things. <laughs> One of the great things just, wow. you know, she you know, does, a, she does just wonders just for your personal. It's just unbelievable.
8: Wow, that's exhausting. That's, I, f- I just was feeling sorry for her. I am not feel sorry for you. I understand. Oh, but I, ganging one,
0: up. One great thing about nine years later when I started KQRS and then our ratings went through the roof, thanks to the people in Minnesota, I sent a message to each one of those people that said, you, you, you could never do morning drive. I said, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> you did they didn't, because they had no interest in giving anybody a chance. Yeah. It's like I didn't. You only know, sound like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, morning radio. Right, uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so I didn't, you know, puke. So I, I apparently couldn't be. a Well, but you're
8: it. motivated. I think the same way. I'm motivated. If someone says no to me, oh yeah, and that's my. I get that from my mom. I think that yep. if, if someone says no, that's the best. I say that to my son. Like that, the best thing someone's going to do is tell you you can't do it. Well,
0: I mean that that was the deal with. For the same reason, by the way, when I started doing voiceover in 1977, they said, oh, you'll never, you'll never ever make any money at this. You sound too black. I mean, 1977, blacks were not getting hired to do acting, voiceover, yeah. you know, radio, nothing.
8: Well, because they would steal the... <laughs> sure. You know, the, they'd Trans- show up on the set and then there'd be no cameras. Transmitters <laughs> like, gone. They'd where'd they go? And it's like, the guy with the afro. There you go. The, only the Jew? No, 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 not the Jew. Not, the, not, not the Afro Jew. Jew. Black Jew. Black hair
2: <laughs> Jew. Only thing they never stole was the scene. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, oh, there you go.
8: So in the trajectory the <laughs> of things, you are your voiceovers came before the serious radio career, or somewhere in the middle yeah, of that. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, I was a nighttime disc jockey before 1977, right? And then uh, in 1977, I actually went to work for Capitol Records as a regional right. promotion guy.
8: Yeah, that's when you were in New York. Uh, no, I was still here then. Uh, but well, weren't you living in New York, and you moved out of New York when Catherine was pregnant? That was 1985, right. 86. So that was
0: some years later. So yeah. I was in New York from 80 until 86.
8: And what brought you to New York? Because that's where all the advertising was being done. Now it's mostly Voice out of over. L.A. now. So you kind of segued out of radio for a while because you're doing so much voiceover work, and that was your no, main thing. No, because nobody would hire me
0: in radio. <laughs> I couldn't get hired in radio because I just –
8: I never lasted – before I held this but job. But were they right? Like what was the thing – Catherine, were they right? Seriously.
3: I I really have no idea.
8: Like, what was Because, you know, sometimes people are right. What was lacking in your skill set then that's not lacking now? Uh, Respect
0: for authority. Yes, that's exactly right.
8: Yeah, but. Because I tell people
0: to go fuck themselves.
8: Oh, like in the office. Yeah, Yeah, and
0: Tony knew that that about me that that literally. I mean, the, when I, I worked there for a short time for a few months in Fargo, North Dakota. You talk about a guy out of his wow. element. Right? Wow. So I go from North Minneapolis to Fargo, That's North God Dakota. God teaching you a lesson. And the, the owner, not just the <laughs> president. of
8: right? the You can't true. keep your mouth shut, you're going to Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Fargo. Can't keep your mouth shut, you're Grand going to Bismarck. Grand Forks. No, Grand Forks, yeah.
0: But the owner of the radio station.
4: Yeah.
0: uh, Not just the, it wasn't just the president or the, you know, the GM or aunt. He was the owner of the radio station. Uh, I went on every night at six o'clock from six to ten and he would leave every night at six o'clock and on the way out he would walk by the studio and give me the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Every night. That's a true story. He He hated that. That was the kind of relationship (laughs) you had. He he hated me but the ratings were really good so he couldn't fire me. Well, what were you doing that he would hate You you would needle him? I actually bought a brand new... Cadillac, uh, what were they called? Those really, oh God, those things were brome. Beautiful. The Eldorado, is that it? Oh, yeah, oh, my yeah. uncle no.
8: used to get an Eldorado every two oh, there years. You <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. Well, the first night he got his Eldorado, uh, I was sliding on the ice and put a huge dent in his car, <laughs> but I didn't tell him about it, right? Nice. So what happened was he leaves at 6 o'clock. It's dark. It's winter. And so he leaves. Next day, he comes out to his garage goes around the other side of the car, sees a huge dent in it, and goes in and starts bitching at his wife because like, he thinks that she's the one who caved it in because she was out drinking with her
8: pals or something. I,
3: Did you ever straighten that out?
8: No. Mm. But don't <laughs> nice. you think that your defiance and your rebellious, I, I think that attitude is what Sword, is a double-edged sword but is also what makes a person achieve at a very high level, especially someone as dumb as you. Yeah, um, I mean, no question about <laughs> they that. you couldn't get out of high school. But, no, I, I believe that. Like, I think, like... Yeah. I, I see people in my life, I think, uh, to some extent, I know my... I always talk about my mom, but she's very rebellious and because of that is achieved, not on a massive... in terms of making money, but, like, you know, she runs her own business, all this stuff, and I. but very, very defiant. And I think those yeah. people tend to kind of bust out
0: well tony will tell you that everybody said the show was not going to work they said no this
8: is the kq show yeah Mm -hmm. and the and the the format is what the format is now basically news pop culture politics discussion a little bit
0: but the first time anybody on the air in that town in this town i should say uh everyone on said every team in this town sucks they're all horrible you can be you know oh so yeah you just a uh, Fairweather fan. No, I'm not a Fairweather fan. We're paying all this money to come and see you play. Get off your ass and win. Mm. So we blasted the teams. We blasted the politicians. And people weren't doing that.
9: No. no. I, oh, oh, this market was all so passive. milk toast. Yeah, yeah passive-aggressive. Because, because they
8: wanted access to those teams and those people to come yes. on the yeah, show, right? exactly.
0: <laughs> The thing that really broke it open was uh, our our quarterback at the time. This is a huge NFL market. Mm. Huge NFL market. Yeah. Fran Tarkenden? No, it was a Tommy Kramer. Act. Oh, yeah, I remember. Tommy Kramer was being interviewed on a radio station in I Chicago. I did blow
8: with him in San Francisco. I'm treating <laughs> Crazy.
0: <laughs> he had done an interview with the uh, a radio station in, in Chicago, right. and he was drunk during the interview. Well, Fred Winston was the guy who did the interview, and Fred's an old friend of mine. So Fred sends the, the tape of this interview, and I played it on the air. Well, I shouldn't say I. We all, uh, as a group, said, well, we'll play this on the air. To play their big quarterback hero, being drunk, making just an ass of
9: himself. I mean, we got death threats. Did you really? Oh, God. Nobody else would have done that at the time. See,
8: but what what makes you unique is that you're not just working in the genre that everybody's working in, but you're sort of creating... A, a new offshoot of the genre because I would imagine in the 70s, 80s, it was a lot of like safe Dick Clark kind of radio. It right? was. Like a- real absolutely. kind of clean and happy and everything's upbeat. And here comes a guy who they think is a lawn guy in cut off jeans <laughs> <laughs> right. who's bringing his defiant point of view in life pretty much on the air. Right. And then off the air as his boss leaves and gives him the finger, right? Like so, yeah, exactly. But, but it takes time. For the culture to catch up to art. Like, I believe that. Like, I believe. Like, the Daily Show is a perfect example of a show I work on. For three, four years, you say the Daily Show, and nobody knew what you were talking about. Right, right. They literally thought, and they'd say stuff like, is it on Daily? And then you'd shoot them in the head (laughs) for being so stupid and a product of the public school system. But um, I do believe that. I do. Like, Lenny Hmm. Bruce was like that. Like, it took time. And so you. That you persevered through that and getting fired and not finding a home for a while is commendable because it's you're you're going down a path where the rest of it is going. That's never going to work. That's too whatever. That's too. No one criticizes our heroes. No one. Right now, exactly. that's all anybody did, and Howard Stern and everybody right. else followed from that.
0: That's why he didn't win here. Because it had already been done here.
8: Tell people that story. He came in and tried to basically take over the market and and yeah, sort of trash you in the process, right? Trash my
0: family. They, I, I never heard it, you know, because we were on the air at the same time, so, so it I
8: never didn't heard
3: like it that. It. I
8: yeah. did,
0: but uh,
1: <laughs> you so did. That wasn't me. <laughs> I
0: heard it. You yeah, did. Off. We no do was sound it. the same. It was pretty though. bad. It I understand it was pretty bad. Yeah. So he tried. It. Because he had never lost anywhere, right? He had won every. He went into Philadelphia and won there, and these other markets and he won there, and then he tried to take us on and got nowhere. He got no ratings at all yeah. because we didn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, he would talk about he'd talk about my wife and my children That's and say really horrible
9: smart. things. Yeah, he would just bait you. But yeah, he would bait him.
8: But being somebody like yourself who comes from the streets and mm-hmm. like the first reaction, which I understand is punch somebody back in the mouth if they punch you how do you how did you did you have to strap him down
3: Catherine he come home and he said he would say you know Howard Stern said this about you and that about you and I said I don't know Howard Stern Hmm. I don't give a shit what Howard Stern says about me to tell you the truth and if people want to listen to that then that's what they want to do yeah don't don't try to defend my honor or get weird about the family we're we're okay
0: but at the same time I will tell you this if I ever meet him, I I will punch him in the fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> After all
2: these years, if I ever meet him, I right. will punch
0: and him.
8: And if that happens and you don't make sure that I'm there, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the <laughs> mouth.
2: Well, they actually pay him. Once once he uh, goes into a new market, they pay him for about two weeks to blast the biggest competitor in that market. Yeah. For right. Oh, oh is that how it join. works? Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Right. And
8: this yeah. is uh, the voice of Sean. Yeah. Sean is the nephew of Tom and works with Tom, has been in radio for 20, 20 years. 20 yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, done advertising. Works with Tom on the podcast. The family and how is it working with Tom?
2: Fantastic. Don't look at him. Look at me. <laughs> I look at you. <laughs> look at yeah. yeah, really nice. yeah. yeah, Tom's yeah. My Isn't my it hard working for
8: uh, somebody that is uh, rebellious? Like my, it's
2: really hard working with my mom because she won't listen sometimes. Does he listen? I I think that there's some listening, but there's a lot of direction from him, too. And so I had a friend of mine say, You are uniquely qualified to work with Tom on this job. Mm. Oh, there's no question. It's also
3: a family trait.
2: There's a family. I mean, Tom and I are both fiercely competitive, and I live down the street from him in North Minneapolis. And so there's It's some true. That- they
8: were comparing penis size when I came into <laughs> yeah, the yeah, podcast. Was, as both as of them lost. Yeah. yeah, we both lost. That was the yeah. problem. Let me put it to you this way. There were three people, and the third was a black
2: guy, and he lost. So that's <laughs> just so you know how this family is hung. Yeah. I'm still yeah, waiting yeah. for my test to, to drop so I actually get Tom's voice. <laughs> so I'm 41, so someday. So we're how both- did you track into radio? Out of college? You just actually you I was college living, radio? Somebody? I was living down in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I grew up acting and did an impersonation of a local weathercaster on a radio station down there. Mm-hmm. And it sounded just like this guy. And so I started doing that on this morning show. And then I told my father I wanted to get into radio. And he said, well, Tom's doing fairly well up in Minneapolis, which I had no idea he was doing as well as he was. That right,
8: because he, he, un- he was Uncle Tom, the guy unemployed. Yeah. Well, he was kind
2: of this guy, like, back then as a kid, I was like, voiceovers, what the fuck, does commercials, yeah. you're mm-hmm. thinking a guy's swinging a hammer like my dad, you know, you did, I just didn't know how much money right. he was making or anything right. like that, but... I got into it for different reasons. I always looked up to Tom in radio and I always thought that would be fun and again, like Tom, yeah. I thought, I don't want to work that hard. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean you don't want to do physical so lazy. But I called, I called up <laughs> I called up Tom in high school, about ready to graduate. And I called up Tom and I say, Tom, it's Sean. He's like, How are you doing? I'm like, good. I said, Tom, I, I really want to get into radio. He goes, why the hell would you want to do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what the hell do you want to do that for? Yeah. And then you started on air. or You just yeah. I did on air for five years in the middle of nowhere, South Dakota. And uh, how did Wisconsin. you like that? What's it like starting out uh, for people out there who
8: think they want to have a career in radio? I want them to understand um, because I think sometimes we take for granted what we do, whether it's radio or TV, and people are like ah, I just people are really fascinated like how it works, right? Like. And sort of the dues that people pay coming up. And Tony can speak to this, too. Like, what, and
2: uh, what is that like starting out? Like, how hard is it? It's tough as hell. I mean, I, I, I never lived in a city smaller than Minneapolis, which is about three and a half million people with St. Paul and everything. And literally, I got a call from a radio station in the middle of South Dakota called Winner. Thirty eight hundred people. A winner's south And podium. I, the guy hired me over the phone. He said, I "Heard your tape. Come out do afternoon drive." I'd gotten in my car, drove eight hours to this tiny little town. <laughs> wow! And got into a bar fight about a week after I was there. Perfect. Yeah. Was Were it a you... woman with curlers in? Exactly. Her? exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bitch. Uh, but yeah, it it. it it was hellish in many ways, just culturally, as Tom can tell you, when he lived up in, yeah. you know, uh, North Dakota and everything. It's it's bizarre to be in towns it's, like.
8: Tom is an aberration in that yeah. most people in radio, especially on air, people are vagabonds and live don't yeah.
2: even buy a house,
8: because they don't know. Like, they move every year, every 18 months. Like, boom, you're moving around. It's well, hard. True, yeah.
2: It's not as bad as stand-up, but I've talked to enough stand-up guys, just yeah. the lifestyle of that you you have to have this thing in you of a chip on your shoulder, almost. Like, I'm going to succeed no matter what, so whatever the fuck it takes for me to... Yes, you know. but I think the road makes you better
8: as a comic. Yeah. like To just stay oh, in yeah. New York or in, a, in L.A. is a bad thing. Like yeah. you, you You build a sense of confidence to be able to walk into a city in the midwest uh whatever that's f- more foreign the better like i mm-hmm. had to do an all black room in chicago and it freaked yeah. me out yeah. and uh and then i found was just like relaxed the same issue they yeah. have jobs and wives and issues and you know and curlers curlers and kids <laughs> lots of kids and uh <laughs> paternity tests and lawsuits uh and and so all that stuff makes you stronger yeah. and so you're 5 years there and then said uh, yeah, I
2: got into sales, and I mean, uh, Tom will tell you, or Tony will tell you that it's, it's just, it's a very a very bizarre life for a long time, I and mean, it's a long, it can be very lonely too. Well, bizarre in
8: what way, Tony? Like, so if someone wanted to get into radio, what would you tell them if they really wanted to do it? I mean, maybe you would say not do it, but like, what what would you tell them to do to help their chances to move along?
9: Radio is filled with uh, pirates and characters, people who like I had, uh, I didn't have a conventional background. I didn't come from. Radio, right. I kind of fell into it. I did improv comedy. I was, I was more of a writer, mm-hmm. and I could do some voices and such. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I didn't follow that path. But a lot of people have to go into small markets and be vagabonds for a while. Mm. Um,
8: but when you say pirates, what do you mean?
9: Uh, like uh, Tommy, don't like working for people. Don't yeah. like the convention. Don't yeah. like the 9 to 5. Yeah. Uh, every day is different and weird, and there's not a lot of security. Yeah. But I was thinking with John I think it was his first morning. It was in Marshall, Minnesota. Yes. And he called me up. He's like, Tony, I'm going to be doing mornings in this small town. And as a joke... I said, what do they call them the show? The Breakfast Flakes? And there was a big
2: pause. <laughs> oh! <laughs> our, our program director was going to make us call it The Breakfast Flakes. That is great. Oh, it was awful. But <laughs> no do you discourage no, people from
8: going in the radio? Or if, I mean, you know, I hear it's so tumultuous now because with vertical integration and mm-hmm. Companies like Clear Channel, whatever, buying everything up and firing people—like it's a different animal than it was.
9: And so much more is is automated, and one person is doing uh, the job of five.
8: Why do you think so. do you these people meters are accurate? You think people are tuning out when there's talk? That's what I keep hearing. The more talk, the more they're tuning out. Is that true?
9: People
0: who listen to talk radio won't wear the meters. Okay. Uh, in in this market, as far as PPM is concerned. Uh, A full quarter of the people who wear the meters are unemployed. Another quarter of the uh, audience makes less than $24,000 a year. Those people don't listen to talk radio. Whether it's – you know it it doesn't matter if it's conservative talk or liberal talk. They just don't listen. Like I I don't know anyone when I talk to them. I talk to bankers. Well, we wouldn't let people wear meters. Uh, It just – it looked like – At the workplace. Yeah, at the workplace, right. (laughs) Uh, policemen can't wear them. Mm-hmm. That, those are huge segments of the KQ Morning Show audience. <laughs> policemen can't wear them. Firemen can't wear them. Construction workers can't wear them. There are all these professions. Doctors cannot wear them. Nurses can't yeah. wear them. So
8: you're not. It's not an accurate read. No,
0: not at all. It's bull.
8: Total bullshit.
0: Right. Now, if, if they did it on cell phones, which I guess they don't have the technology to do, that's what I'm being told anyway.
8: Right.
0: If they did it on cell phones, then it would be very accurate. Right. It'd be much better than diaries used to be, but it'll never be there right. because. Again, the people who wear the meters are the ones who need the money to wear the meters right. in general.
2: Well, it looks like a pager. Have you ever seen one of these things? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a 1980s pager. Yeah. Like, who the hell wants to be right. you know, seen with that? And you're
8: right. I think if people don't have much going on, then it's, it's just fascinating to me because there is a power that radio has. You sit in that little room, and then you realize that like a, you reach a lot of people. And do yeah. you ever lose that perspective like we do with The Daily Show, I think? Like,
0: people you know, do. They do. They, like, they're... People, once in a while, I have to remind you do realize people are listening.
8: Yeah, I, to this. when I come on and I come into this market and I'm, I'm performing and I they hear me on your show, the first thing they'll say is, That guy, Tom, seems like an asshole. Absolutely.
0: There's <laughs> no question and to come like, that. And I'm like,
8: You hit it right on the head,
0: buddy. It's just accurate as hell. <laughs> but, um,
8: you know what's really interesting about that,
0: just very quickly, is in, in this town, um, because I am the way I am and mm. just you know, have that fuck you attitude, even though we were the first show that had a woman on it. Two Jews, Mm -hmm. a black guy. I mean, we had people that couldn't get hired. Right.
8: Right. I mean, we had in every category. I know that you've had protests over the years from people because you make (laughs) racial comments or whatever. But, see, you're like me in that I think that there are – I think we all have stereotypes of people. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say that you have them. I don't think you're truly racist. No. Uh, You have a lot of hate stuff in your house. Uh, <laughs> my Nazi, Nazi member <laughs> of Well, he's got <laughs> a swastika robe that looks fabulous on me. unbelievable.
5: Throw um, the boat clips on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. From. Willie Martin Chris Kattan and Paul Mercurio thanks for listening everybody and we will see you next week